When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey, Hello and welcome to another episode of Tendy Talk. I am your host Joe, better known as Washed Up Goalie on social media. This week I chat with fellow podcaster Keats Zanders of the Between the Pipes podcast. Keats has an interesting background having been born in Latvia and immigrated to the U.S. at the age of 13. Keats and I talked for a long time, like close to three hours total long. So I decided to break this interview up into two parts, but don't worry, you don't have to wait till next week to hear part two. We'll be releasing part two tomorrow. Until then, enjoy the first half of the interview. Seven years I'm playing, I, I pulled out my old goalie skates, rusted out, like, I mean, trashed, straight to the trash. I was like, well, I don't have skates. Um, my mom's like, well, they're going to have rentals and stuff. Like, okay. So I went over there with my brother, um, rented some dull skates and got on that ice and started skating around and just like the fresh air mm-hmm. of the ice. And just like, they're like, oh my God, the Avs played here the other day, the Red Wings. And like looking up, you know, in the air, it was like nothing above you. And it was nighttime. You could watch, you know, starlight. Oh, it was just like, wow, just like blew my mind. Right. Yeah. And it just kind of like something clicked again. And I was just like, why the hell am I not playing? Like I'm supposed to play. There's, there's a lot of players I know, especially goalies that after that competitive era or that chapter closes you almost need that time away from the game to fall back in love with it mm-hmm. yeah you know? and it sounds no, like that's what happened that's exactly what happened and like something something just clicked again so the next day after that i got online 
And I started looking at gear. <laughs> I, or I should say, I, what I did was I went back to my parents' house, pulled all my gear out, and started kind of going through things. What fits? What doesn't fit? What's mm -hmm. ruined? What isn't? Made myself a little list of things and then started going online, going to like local plate against sports, uh, wherever I could and put myself together a set of gear. Yeah. And, um, here in Colorado, we have a, um, uh, like a Facebook page for goaltenders. Yeah. We have one here in the twin cities. Yeah. yeah. Colorado hockey goalies. And some of my friends are, I'd started already been playing beer league and such. Um, got me invited to those groups and I got in, kind of weaseled my way in, you know, got myself introduced like, Hey, like haven't played in a long time, but looking to get back in sort of thing. And that's the hardest thing is once you get back into it, it's like, all right, now I need to find a team so I can skate regularly. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And, and, um, next thing, you know, you know, I'm getting in, uh, you know, introduced to all these, you know, local players and stuff that, have no other people that always get ice time, mm -hmm. all this stuff. And I'm getting this all this ice time now and, and, uh, getting invited to play or like, you know, sub in and, and yeah. And that's, that's just kind of how I got a weasel back into hockey again, you know, played for local, local beer leaguers here and there. And then down the road, ended up meeting some other people and started playing for a, um, firefighter team uh and that then got my old childhood passion of maybe one day becoming a firefighter in reality uh those guys again opened a whole other door for me yeah and i got enrolled in school started doing that uh and here i am man i'm just you know still still doing some beer league hockey playing now with a for a uh, hockey police combined team oh that, that's um, so so you're playing with a bunch of guys that couldn't pass the fire exam yeah <laughs> that's 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 probably that's one of the that's one of the jokes that uh, a lot yeah. of those guys that's probably one of the favorite jokes that most people throw is like yeah oh, i could pass the fire exam the and team i play on is almost all local firemen and we got one poor cop on the team and yeah he, he gets a lot of abuse in the locker room and he just takes it he goes I knew what I was getting into skating on a team with a bunch of firemen. Now I'm not a fireman, but it, as we've talked, my dad was in Chicago yeah. for nearly 30 years. So, you know, but I grew up going to the firehouse with them and uh -huh. uh, where I met all my teammates, they're all volunteer firefighters. And, uh, you know, one of them said, you probably see more than, you know, half the guys on our department going to work with your dad. So, you know, mm -hmm. you fit in now there's a few guys on the team that aren't firemen. So I'm not the only one, but they're, they're yeah. like, you fit in. You're, you're one of us. You, you speak the language. You're part of the brotherhood, even though you haven't actually done the job. Yeah, no. Yeah. That's yeah. And that's, that's kind of how it, well, what's funny how I ended up getting whistled in with these guys too, was as I was going through school and stuff, you know, afterwards, yeah. Some of the requirements is to, you know, do like ride alongs with like local fire yeah. departments then kind of like see like the real life type of stuff and how yep. things operate and this and that. And, and I end up, you know, assigned to a certain station and, um, go in first morning and end up, uh, having to work a shift with one of my old EMT instructors. Um, he's a, he's a firefighter paramedic. Yep. And, you know, oh, per usual on the, at the kitchen table, 
we're all started. We all start talking this and that. So what do you do? What do you like doing for fun? And, you know, I tell them like, I like I play hockey on the side. That's like my, my hobby really, you know, outside of, you know, study, you know, studies and go kind of getting my certs through school and this and that. And the guy's like, Oh, well, I play hockey and we, we got like this whole team and he tells, he's telling me all about it. And I was like, Oh, that's cool. You know? And I was like, that's, that's in, awesome. And this and that, you know, not thinking anything of it. And then he's just like, in fact, I think our goalie can't make it to our next game. This like <laughs> Sunday or something like that. And he's like, do you think you could do it? And I was like, I'd love to come play some hockey with you guys. If, um, I, you know, if you, if you get the spot for me or yeah, Sure thing. The next day I get a text from a random number like, Hey, this is so-and-so. And I heard from so-and-so that you're a goalie and we could use one today. Would you like to come and play for us? And of course I agreed. And next thing you know, I'm on their team now full time. And they just took that one, one yeah. game. Sub in. Well, you know, it, it's funny because that's how I got on the team I'm on now. I, I, I another story I've told on the podcast, I, I'm, we've been in our house now eight years and, her first year here, we're at the national night out at the park and the engine pulls up and getting off the rig is one of my college teammates. And we just kind of stop and look at each other. And I go, well, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm on the fire department. What are you doing here? He's like, <laughs> I live here. He's like, I live less than a mile away in the next development over. And so yeah. we exchange numbers. And then, uh, I don't remember if it was that fall or the next fall after, um, but I get a text, hey, our goalie uh, can't come back. You want to play for us this year? It's like, yeah. Well, I still play. He now has small kids, and he's not on the team anymore, but I'm still around on the team. Uh, it, and uh, the Chiefs keep trying to get me to join the fire department because I have a uh, job where I get to work from home. And they're like, that's our hardest part to cover is the middle of the day when all the guys are at work and not right. in the community. And so I was like, what's your drill night? And they're like, Tuesday night. I said, what night are every single kid's activity? Tuesday night. I said, come back to me in five years when both my kids are off to college. And, I, <laughs> and they're like, yeah, that, that's our biggest drawback for dads is that that's the deal. But um, I have a feeling once they're both in college, I'll probably wind up uh, taking all the classes and everything. And, yeah. Uh, joining the fire department. But that that's a whole nother discussion. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, you know, it's, we could... it's, it's in the blood though. It, it, kind of like goaltending, it's a calling. Um, yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, like so, my dad was one, so I went to the firehouse with him all the time. But uh, he actually met my mom because uh, one of his coworkers uh, was married to my aunt, and he's like, "Well, his, her sister is single. You should meet her." But then I have a. Uh, uncle over in England who is a fireman. I have a cousin who went through school, but uh, didn't make it through. You know, I got another cousin who's on the job. It's, it's, it's the family business. That's, uh, that's cool, man. That's those are the cool stories. And I have a lot of, a lot, a lot of guys that I work with, you know, that are on my department that similar story, you know, dad was grandpa was, you know, and it just kind of like when you, when you grow up, it just, that's what you get, you yeah. know, you just got to keep, it's kind of like military, you know, a yeah. lot of people, you know, you dad went to the army or was a Marine or something like that. And it's just kind of like, well, I got to do it too. It's a, you know, yeah. keep, keep it going. And, uh, 
it wasn't like that for me. You know, it was, it was just, um, it's something I've always wanted to do. And, and I'll be honest, uh, for the longest time, like I, I didn't have the balls to do it. I'll yep. be honest. I just, uh, and, and it was, it was, um, something that I always talked about. And, and I think, uh, because again, because of hockey, uh, meeting all those other guys gave me that extra courage. Like, and again, exactly. And, and gave me again, the right con people that I was then able to, you know, go out for lunch or a beer to have like a one-on-one is like, well, tell me more about it. How yeah. does it work and stuff? And they're like, and just kind of lead me the right direction. What, where I should start, what I should look into, where I should enroll. Right. They're going to help you through. They're, they're going to guide you and mentor you. It, it, I get it. You know, everybody asks, well, how come you never got on the job? And I said, it, it's, it hasn't been because of a lack of want. It's been strictly timing. Uh, when I graduated high school in 1999, uh, it had been, I want to say four or five years since Chicago had given a test. And rumor was it that within the year they'd be given a test. So I told my dad, okay, let me know when they're going to get it. I go through four years of college and they still hadn't given a test. Mm-hmm. But I graduated college and rumor had it within the year they'd be giving a test. Mm-hmm. Well, I moved to Minnesota and started a job, got married. And three years later, they say, we're giving a test. Well, we had just bought a house and found out my wife was pregnant. Not a good time to take the test. No, not at all. No. <laughs> so the only it, other time Chicago was given a test was four or five years ago. We were on a family cruise with my sister's family and my parents in the Gulf of Mexico when they gave the test. And I looked at my dad. I said, well, I think that's just the universe telling me I'm not going to be a Chicago fireman because now I'm too old to take their test. Um, mm-hmm. I took St. Paul's, but they only take 30 guys a year, if that. Uh, and they keep their list for three years. So if you don't finish in the top 100, you got no chance. But I didn't live in the city of St. Paul. I was not a uh, veteran. And I hate saying it, but I was a white guy. So right there, I lost 15 points before I even filled in my name. Yeah, I, no. I, I knew my chances weren't good there. I landed 777 on the list. And it's why mm-hmm. I have some t- college teammates that wound up on New York. And the one guy's like, well, I was like 14 something on the New York test. And I can't, you know, I was called down in the first year as like, Jimmy, yep. bring in 30 guys a year. They don't bring in 400 every class. And as my dad said in Chicago, for every hundred they bring in 200 don't pass the background or drug tests. Um, and I said, I, I don't have to worry about the drug test, but I might need to worry about the background because I'm a goalie. <laughs> but uh yeah, that, that's when Jimmy he was like, ah, yeah, you probably won't get called. In fact, he, he plays for the FDNY hockey team. Uh, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah he he, uh, he was part of the line brawl with the uh, NYPD at Nassau Coliseum a couple of years ago, the infamous wow. line brawl. Uh, so w- what do you love most about the job? Oh, man. I mean, it's uh, – there's so many, so many ways to describe it, right? I mean – I mean, I, the, the cliche question is always like helping people, you know, being, being able to do something good mm-hmm. and coming home the next day and say, you know, just be like, I did something good today. I helped someone, but yeah. whatever the case may be, even, you know, old grandma that, you know, wasn't able to, you know, get her groceries upstairs or something, yep. you know, the, even like the silliest things like that, like it just goes a long way. It's like, man, like this is 
so cool that like I'm fortunate to do do something that that you know I I, I can go home, yeah, and be like I did something good today. Um, outside of that too is like I mean I what I love that it's you never know every day you go on you know you go on shift you don't know what that, that day is going to bring, right? You know, as opposed to like you know your regular job like you like. You know, before this, I, I used to work as a parts manager at a uh, car shop. Yeah. So it was sitting yeah. on the computer, talking to the same vendor, ordering the same parts. You know, like it was it was just like a routine. It was the same thing over and over and over, you know, yeah. where you're almost become like a robot. You know, it's just like, I don't know. It's I, I guess you don't gain much from it. And and and. The fire department, you know, you never, it's, it's something different every day. Yeah. Even the routine is not routine. Right. You know, right. Yeah. and I know what you're saying about, you know, just being able to help somebody. It's one of the few photos I have when I went to work with my dad. And I don't know if you can see here, but it was yeah. a uh, car fire. It was a guy's work okay. man. He was an electrician. And when he opened it up, it was just fully involved, but he had, he had done such a great job of, you know, setting up his work van that he had all these tools and parts and everything where it was like, okay, we need to get the pipe poles in there. We need to salvage as much of this as we can. His, Absolutely. His van was a goner and everything else, but he was just those, so appreciative for what little we were able to save for him. And it was Absolutely. like, he felt good that day. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I liked the car fires and dumpster fires because those were things that I could get on the nozzle for when I went to work with my dad. Uh -huh. Otherwise, it was I was usually the hydrant man. Um, yeah. There was another fire. God, me and my dad talk about it almost every time we get together. It was a uh, high-rise project building. They had recently bricked up all of the windows in the hallway, and the fire department told them not to because first fire, they're going to have to knock them all out. Well, of course, there is a fire in the incinerator in the basement. And, but they have to go and knock out, they need to ventilate because the inhabitants had closed their windows and opened their doors. So mm. now you got the smoke. Just, so they got to take care of all of this. And my dad, he was the lieutenant on the engine at the time. He turns to me, hands me the uh, uh, hand pump, and he goes, just go put the fire out. <laughs> Yeah. So there I am in, in the basement by myself with the, you know, big old hand pump, putting it out. And <laughs> we didn't tell mom that story till many years later. Cause I think yeah. I was like, I was 14 at the time, you know, by myself in the basement of a fire, putting the fire out. And it was just like, yeah, that, that was just going to work with that at that age. Yeah, no. And that's, and those, those are probably some of my favorite things. Like listening to some of these like old firefighter stories because they're they're all no matter how big or small you know the fire was or like they're always cool stories you know yeah. and, and and i'm sure like even even your you know anyone could say is like the service has changed so much over the years mm -hmm. you know with you know the equipment that now we have and everything and regulations and yeah. osha and all that and i'm not saying that those aren't things that are they're there for a reason right we yeah. need them but but back then when, you know, when your dad was in the service, things weren't quite figured out yet. So yeah. they were doing some crazy things that like they would never let any of us do today, well, you know, for he, safety reasons, mainly. He got on the on Chicago um, around 1980 and some of his superiors, they weren't wearing their SCBAs. They had the cheater hose because they were still wearing the three quarter length 
coats mm-hmm. and then the hip waders. In fact, I still have the old uh, thigh high hip waders and I, I use them shoveling snow on the backyard rink. Um, but, you know, they had the cheater hose in their coat where it went down below the smoke and they were, mm-hmm. you know, and the, of course they probably had a cigarette in their mouth while they were fighting the fire too. But well, yeah, they're... Said, he always had his air mask on and that's why he's been retired uh, 10 years now, you know, with relatively good health. That's great. Yeah, no, but there's, yeah, there's tons of those crazy stories where yep. like the, the, my, one of my favorite ones is like, they're, you know, that I always said during the fires, where they would again, yeah, run in with no SCBAs and such. And yeah. And, you know, it's like when you're, when your ears start blistering, it's like, all right, it's too hot. We should probably back out. It's yeah. like, Whoa, craziness. That was the thing <laughs> when they brought in the hoods, you know, yep. my dad even said, you know, I couldn't feel the heat on my ears anymore, but mm-hmm. he found if he pulled his uh, uh, jacket sleeve up just a little bit, he'd feel it on his wrist. Yeah. Uh, so it was like, he found different things, but like I said, Chicago said three quarter, even when I was going to work with them, it wasn't until I was in college that they, I think they were the last large department to switch over to bunker gear, which mm-hmm. by far the best snow pants I've ever had are my dad's old bunker pants. Mm-hmm. Uh, people, me and my cousins used to go on a uh, February street ski trip when I was in college. And when I say my cousins, my one cousin who's a fireman and has a bunch of his fireman friends. And the first year I show up, they all have brand new ski pants and everything. And I got my dad's bunker pants. And I'm like, what are you wearing them for? Is like, how many pockets you guys got in those? They're like, just the one. I said, how warm are they? Oh, not very warm. By the end of the night, they're all cold. They're all wet. Mm-hmm. Half of them have lost stuff because they didn't have pockets. So I got the giant cargo pocket. I had yep. dry gloves in both of the side pockets. And they always knew where I was because the reflective tape on my legs. And yep. the very next year we went, every single one of them had their bunker pants on. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so yeah. I got to ask, do, what do they have you assigned to? Are you an engine, a truck, uh, squat? You so know? I do, I do a mix of both. Uh, okay. So we're we're in, we have an engine, we have a truck, and we have a medic unit. Um, right now, uh, we've we've been using the truck quite a bit. Um, just the truck. We a lot of times the engine gets used a lot of times because it's just smaller, yeah. kind of easier to maneuver. You know, it's just yeah. I guess it the. Then be honest, the engine's a little bit more fun with like driving with it. Uh, yeah. It handles better, all that. Truck's more heavier, bigger, this and that. But anyways, uh, we, we're on the truck right now and obviously we have the medic unit. So what we do is we, we alternate. Okay. Um, so I'll do, so we do 48 hours, 96 off. Okay. Uh, so two days on, four days off. Yep. So typically what we do is, um, so uh, say like this upcoming shift I'll have, I'll be on the medic for 48 hours with you know a partner so i'll be more like doing like the medic stuff and then next shift comes i'll be back on the truck so it's kind of like back and forth back and forth sort of thing it's not the same every day you go yeah and 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 my department's a little different too is i mean we're super small we're just the one station yeah as opposed to like some of our neighbors you know they got like multiple stations and such uh so they're 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 set up so different how they operate and how they alternate and things like that but um with how much you know how little our department is and and the resources we have we got to be a little different you know Mm -hmm. in in that sense so there's a lot of like alternating and things like that um 
and that's probably good that they rotate you guys that way so that you keep those skills sharp too because mm -hmm. i mean my dad saw it in his career where you get a guy coming over to the engine that spent the last 10 years on a truck and it you might as well have somebody coming out of the academy coming over it's hard yeah it is hard and that's how kind of how it is for us like like say like um for whatever reason you for, had to be like on the truck or the engine for like a month mm -hmm. like it's awesome yeah that's like favorite shifts you know driving with driving on the big rigs um but then going back into an ambulance just like those like they always i remember one thing that always like you know our instructors in school says if you don't like truly if you don't use it you will lose it yep and that's so true is like when it comes to medical like even like you're just like questioning people, you know, if you haven't done it for quite some time, you just like, sometimes you catch yourself kind of freezing a little bit like, Oh yeah. God, what? Like, I'm, I, I don't know what to ask this person, you know? And it's like a partner has to like kind of chime in and kind of get you back in the right direction. And you're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, yeah. this is how it goes. And you know, as simple as giving a handoff to a doctor, when you get them to the hospital, that can be nerve wracking, especially if you have, you know, doc, you can have a super nice doctor that, you know, accepted that patient. You can have one that maybe had a bad day that day. Yep. And you, you gotta, you gotta be on your A game. And yep. if you're not, they will let you know, and, yep. you know, and if you're really bad, they will call your chief and let him know, Yes, you know, and you don't want that. <laughs> so it, it's I, interesting. You talk about doctors and all that. When I was a kid uh, in the seventies, no, I was born in the seventies, but they would play the reruns on the one station when I get home from school there is a show called emergency mm -hmm. uh, yeah we would watch that every day after school me and my dad I was, I was wondering if you got a chance to see emergency that, that, that's like a cult classic funny that service. you mentioned it when I was when I was going through my fire academy uh, when we had lecture days um, if we were on a, any sort of a certain subject that emergency maybe had like a scene of yeah. Uh, and we had like a fun instructor every now and then they'd throw on emergency yep. and like, watch this, you know? Yeah. But they, a lot of times they'd be like, this is not what you do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's more like comedy, flipping the really. caps up. Yeah. Know. Yep. But it, it's, taking them to the Rampart general. <laughs> yeah. But tell you what though, a little, little things like that made lecture nights so much more fun. Yeah. You know, cause some of I remember some of those days was just like, watching paint dry on the wall, you know, some of the subjects. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like yeah. certain things, like as fun as, you know, the career can be, there's, there's still certain subjects like in any other career or job that's just kind of dry and, and it's yep. tough to you sit, sit through that through. for an hour. <laughs> yeah. You, you talk about sitting through stuff. My, my dad also taught for the Illinois Fire Service Institute. Um, and they're pretty well known across the country for their fire colleges and, he was part of their auto extrication team, which would go and teach the companies that made the tools how to use their tools. Yep. So they had to do sensitivity training one year. My dad made it about 10 minutes into sensitivity training because as he says, uh, the instructor comes strutting in and says, I know you fireman type. And he goes, what is that supposed to mean? And she goes, all you guys do is sit around the firehouse all day in your underwear watching TV. And he slams his hand on this, goes, gosh, darn it. Nobody told me I'm supposed to be wearing my underwear. So <laughs> that right there didn't get him off to a good start. And he lasted, like said, maybe five, 10 minutes. And he was kicked out. He failed sensitivity training. And 
I, uh, my dad was never a fan of the TV show Rescue Me with Dennis Leary, but I say they got the firehouse scenes perfect in that show. It was the away from the firehouse scenes that were a little, you know, far fetched. Uh-huh. But I, I think it's in episode three. They send them to sensitivity training. And um, when I saw it, I knew they got it spot on, but I made my dad watch that portion of the episode. He's just sitting there laughing. He goes, so many memories, so accurate. Yes, that's how it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're some of those old shows, they're great. They're yeah. great. I yeah. catch myself watching them every now and then. It's, I, I, it's good. I still watch Chicago Fire. It's not, if I'm being honest, it's not a great show. Um, no. 95% of what happens in the firehouse doesn't happen, but I like it. I like to watch it, A, because they go around my home city. Even though yeah. I lived in Minnesota over half my life, like uh-huh. Latvia to you, Chicago's home. B, it's just fun to see the old red and black rigs running around mm-hmm. and see the um, technical director, Chief Chikorotis, um, makes a few cameos every now and then. And I told my dad, I said, next time you talk to Chief Chikorotis, tell him uh, he was a great firefighter, but a horrible actor. <laughs> it's so funny that you mentioned the colors too. Is So way before my time, and I wish I remembered. Oh, I wish I remembered the chief's name. I want to say it was Chief Krupa, but I'm not, don't quote me on it. Uh, came from Chicago. Okay. Came to the department I work for now. Um, and uh, they, at that time, they used to have the, all the rigs used to be like this yellow. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty ugly. And he said, not, a, not on my time while I'm the chief. Changed it all till this day. Red and black, all our rigs. That, that true like Chicago, you know, colors and um, even our hose loads and stuff are some things that he, you know, picked up like one of them is called a Cicero load, which yep. is, which is the two and a half, you know, that you typically yep. do in like big buildings, you know, uh, into, you know, your grocery stores or like apartments, where you got to go stories high, you got that two and a half with the gated Y and then you bring a bundle of hundred feet of inch and three quarter, you yeah. can hook up to the Cicero. And if, if, you know, pardon my language, shit hits the fan, you can throw that tuna, that inch and three off, just notify your, you know, uh, officer of, you know, what's, what's going on, have a, or your engineer, have them pop, pop up that pressure and you got a two and a half right there. Yep. And you got more and more gallons on the fire. I know exactly what you're talking about. My dad was on a engine 103 right by, uh, I just texted my dad. Does the last name Krupa uh, ring a bell? He goes, yep, it rings a bell. So he, he probably knew him. They probably worked together at some point. But uh, he was at a engine 103 over by the United Center. And my dad had this one firefighter, Denise. She had a heart of gold, but she she didn't have the strength to do the job. And it's a high rise building, turned out being an automatic alarm, but it was on like the 14th floor. She's struggling to get those two on her shoulders to go up. And well, I saw my dad go up there and I was 16 at the time. And so finally I grab the hose, both shoulders and I just start trudging up. Cause when I went to work with my dad, I had an old pair of his boots, I had an old, jacket of his and 
I had one of his old leather helmets. He, he had mm-hmm. a few of the newer helmets, but I, I liked the leather helmets. And mm-hmm. so I'm trudging up the stairs and he, the whole time he thinks it's Denise behind him, not me. And we get to the top to the 14th floor and he turns around and he sees me, he goes, what the F are you doing here? And I go, <laughs> she couldn't get it on her shoulders and you needed it. What was I supposed to do? He goes, all right, just don't let the chief see you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Man, what different times, right? Yeah. I mean, that would be like such a huge no-no today, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, well, people I mean, would get fired for it. Back then they, they had the, the back of the cab was open. So, you know, if we're summertime, we're, we're rolling down the street, whether lights and siren or not we're standing out looking over the cab now everything's all enclosed and whatnot in fact when my dad started they were still riding on the back bumper oh man yeah you know that's that's one thing that i wish i'd had the chance to experience obviously again with regulations and things safety issues you can (laughs) yeah yeah yep yeah, we, I, in fact, I guess I did do it once. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I did do it once. We do every Christmas, we do like a, we call that candy giveaway. Yeah. Where we drive through, you know, like neighboring um, places in our, in our, in our city, you know, and there's some lower budget type of places. And what we do is we pack up candy mm-hmm. in little bags and we give it to, you know, less fortunate kids and stuff. Uh, and that's, we, we get to ride on the back then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like down that. at the Illinois Fire Service Institute, they almost they have this nice little compound, and they have their own fleet of uh, apparatus. And you know, there were times we'd stand on the back bumper and go around. In fact, first time, <laughs> you'll appreciate this story. So they have the burn towers, and I'm 14 years old, and we're down there, and they're doing um, search and rescue trainings. They call it. Uh, uh, saving our own or something. Cause they always just had one of the instructors, you know, pretend that they were down and injured and they had to pull them out in one of the rooms. Well, I looked at dad as like, well, can I do that? And he's like, yeah, okay. So mom was down in Champaign with us at that point with Champaign or Ban is about two hours south of Chicago. And so she knows what we're going to be doing that day. She knows I'm going to have everything on going into the fires. Well, they started out with these new recruits where they take them into the one tower and show them, okay, if you use the direct stream, this is what it's going to do. If you, but if you use the fog nozzle, it's better. It's the first time I've ever had a mask up. And so dad shows me how it works. Okay, okay, yeah. And he didn't realize he gave me an empty bottle. So oh, we're no. walking up the stairs and I tur- go to turn it on and I'm like, and it's about two, three flights where I'm trying to get air out of this thing. So finally, I'm like, well, I'm not getting air. I'm not going to keep going upstairs. And they've got the fire going. So I walk down the stairs. And about a half hour later, they're done with this demonstration. He comes out and goes, where were you? I go, glad to see you were really worried about me that it's been 30 minutes. I said, you gave me an empty <laughs> bottle. And he goes, I thought that would felt like. <laughs> so, so he gives me a bottle and then we go into the other burn towers and we stoke the fire. It's going nice and good. And he's like, all right, you're going to lay down here in this room. They're, they're going to drag you out. And I'm on the second floor. So before I go in, one, one of the recruits goes, Hey, uh, 10 bucks. If you walk out and I look at him, I go 20 bucks, I'll carry your tools. <laughs> uh, but it, it was about lunchtime. Mom came to check on us, see if we needed any cash or anything to go grab lunch. It just so happens as she's pulling up, I just finished 
I don't know if I was stoking the fire or what, but I'm walking out of the one building and they have all the windows, the doors open and it's just rolling. And I come walking out, even though she knows it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. She's still mom. And she starts and dad right. just reaches into his pocket, grabs all of his credit cards and says, head out to the outlet mall. We'll catch the ride. <laughs> We'll Get catch the ride you back want. when the day yeah. is over. We're good for lunch. It's fine. <laughs> That's <laughs> it was funny. Like, yeah, that, that was one of those memorable evenings. Um, That's so do, awesome. Do you remember your first fire? I do. It was uh, two, 2018? 2018 Thanksgiving. Big warehouse fire. Yeah, I was still a volunteer. Um, family was out visiting family in New Orleans. Um, I just didn't have the chance to go cause they were taking extra time. And I was working at the car shop still and volunteering before I became full time. And so just knew that I was not going to do anything, sign up for Thanksgiving to go work and, and, um, got there and, uh, it was a nice day. You know, we had a Turkey and we were cooking and everything and families were coming over to have dinner at the fire station yep. for all the full-time people that, you know, weren't able to be, be there. And, um, me and this other guy, um, uh, that, that works for a different apartment now, his name's Lawrence. And he, uh, he went out with me to go train with me and throw some ladders with me before, and it was, it was just a great day. Like yeah. had good practice and, well, and I, I we knew we had was, good food cooking. It was the older guy teaching the younger guy how to do things. And, um, yep. I, f- I forget the exact saying, but my dad always used to say it all the time, you know, listen to the old firefighters so that you become one yourself. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no. So, you know, perfect day. We knew like we got a good, you know, day of training in just felt good and not a lot of calls that day um all family comes over i remember a girlfriend came over to the fire station at that time too and we're all about to sit down and have our big thanksgiving feast and someone you know we had we have a little patio uh, by our station someone had walked out and looked over and was like look at that black plume over there and uh Could you not maybe even a minute later, downs go off structure fire. Uh, So what what our stations, mutual aid, Mm -hmm. meaning if um, neighboring communities, neighboring community needs help, we go help them out. Vice versa. Yeah. So it ended up being a little bit, a little too far out of our, a little out of our city, but not too far to where we were able to see this big black bloom. So we ended up getting called out for help. And yeah, we went out and it was uh, an abandoned uh, car shop. Uh, I still never heard exactly if they found anything, what might have caused it. Uh, but I mean, that thing was on fire. Yeah, it was rolling. I remember looking, I remember bunking up and that was my first. And I, I remember I was breathing hard. <laughs> I was like, I think the engineer even, I was like, are you okay? Because it's like... <sighs> you know, the headset on and I'm like trying to get my pack on and, you know, and I look over and I just see this big, I was like, Oh, this is the real deal. You know, but we get out there and there's everyone, their mom there, you know, not only the, you know, jurisdiction that, you know, services that city 
you know, Denver was out there, Westminster, you know, Thornton, like you name it. And we were one of them. Um, I can't say that I did anything cool that time. I mean, that fire was like huge. There were like three aerials shooting yeah. from the top while we were on the, I was one of the guys on the bottom, just sitting on a two and a half, you know, for three hours. As they say, pee, peeing on the fire. Yeah. But that was, that was my, that was my first fire. Yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, I still thought it was pretty cool, even though, you know, I, there was no like going interior or anything. It was all defensive. Yes. It was a bandaid. There was, you know, yeah. no, no reason to risk lives. I, I remember the first fire I went to with my dad. He, when I was young, he was on the uh, hazmat unit for many years. So when I started going to work with them, the bells would go off and we'd pull up and it's like, you can't see why we're here because it's a gas or you see that puddle, don't get close to it. Uh, but there was one, it was an auto body shop. Uh, we just happened to be close enough. And the hazmat team at the time was three guys and we were close enough. We we're like, all right, we're going to this fire. We'll help out. And that, that was a fun one to, uh, all I did was stand by the rig and watch them, but you know, the roof collapse and all this, they were yeah. hosing down the buildings that, uh, were on either side of it. But, uh, yeah, was, everybody always seems to remember their first fire, which, which, uh, understandably so yeah. um what what's the best firehouse prank you've either been a part of or seen then because that's what gets you guys through the day i wasn't really part of this i was sort of I mean, um so one of our captains he's a uh, captain he used to again work for our department but he's he's since um you know work works for another department now but it was <laughs> We, I don't know. It was, it was, it was, there was a part in time when your mom jokes was a big thing for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things, um, <laughs> it was the captain's birthday and you know, we always, the, the trick always is if they're on shift is you pretend like you don't know it's their birthday. Right. Yeah. So they kind of come in and they're like, Oh, it sucks. I got to work on my birthday on top of that. None of my, you know, guys that wish me a happy birthday. See, in Chicago, you so had to like, bring in the coffee cake. Even though it was your birthday, you had to bring in the treats. Yeah, well, we typically do that. Like, if you go, like, for a ride-along or anything like that. Well, yeah, you bring them in for the ride-along. Um, in bring Chicago, they, have, they call it daily day where every – it's every fifth work day you're supposed to have off, but they can hire you back. And um, if you get hired, you know, called in on your daily day, you better bring – uh, breakfast and so the, the best firehouse prank you've either seen or been a part of what what is it uh so i'm like is it i, I don't really get, I get into the pranks because again like i said these days it's it's different times and stuff so yes. you, you know uh but one of the guys i remember anyways it was a captain's birthday and uh i don't know there was some sort of an inside joke going on there were a lot of mom jokes or whatever you want to call them and and um, nighttime comes, dinner's over, guys are cleaning up the dishes and stuff. And and uh, guy, out, you know, from the back, from the bunk beds or whatever, brings out this huge cake with candles. And so everyone starts singing a happy birthday. And the captain's like, oh, my God, you know, all this cake. And they set that cake on the table. And it's 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 a nice cake. And it the cake has just a picture of the captain's mom on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that's as far as i'm gonna go <laughs> yeah no i i can imagine no i i think of some 
at the one firehouse, um, you know, if you fall asleep watching TV on the couch, it's nice to take your shoes off. At this one firehouse, so you learned really quickly not to do that because um, they would take your shoes and empty the ice trays out and put all the ice in your shoes and then put your shoes in the freezer. Um, and it was also there that I learned to check my pillow before I laid my head down because it was not uncommon to find a 45 pound weight on top of your pillow. <laughs> so <laughs> when you put your head down, you'd bounce it off of there. You know, there, there were the little ones like that, but my, my dad's got stories upon stories. You know, one guy had just gotten his dress uniform back from the cleaners and it still had the plastic on there. So one of the guys lit a small fire in his locker to shrink wrap his dress uniform. Yeah. From it. It's there, there's so many good ones, but it's one of those where you have to know who you're pranking because yeah, so much of it is, uh, there, there's a um, podcast I listen to. It's a couple guys out of Chicago. Um, let, let me look it up. Um, oh God, I can't remember the name of it. Give me a quick second here and I'll find it in my list of podcasts. I listen to way too many of them. Chicago's Bravest Stories is the name of the podcast. And they had a um, chief from the suburbs on who's uh, one of the few female chiefs in the country. And she said, you know, it was when they started pranking her that she knew she was accepted. Um, and I think that's true in the whole fire service, regardless of gender, race, anything like that. It's when they start pranking you, that's when you know they've accepted you as one of them. 100%. Yeah, no, 100%. That's, that's, I mean, that's so true to like any aspects in life, you yeah. know, you, you, you talk about it, guys, that when people are like, comfortable with you, you know, they kind of make some jokes here and there. And it's like, not to like offend you or like ruin your day or like, it's just, but yeah, it's, um, it's like, we like you, we accept you. Yeah. If, if you're getting kind of like the cold shoulder. Yeah, not a lot of, you know, you can't even like small talk a person. Like that's, that's typically, typically a sign that you're not liked for whatever reason, or maybe you did something, I don't know, well, you know, but that's for, for whatever reason, good or bad in the fire service, the meaner, the comments, uh, the more endearing they seem to be. <laughs> right. Right. You know, uh, me and my sister have that kind of relationship where it, it bugs my wife and I, and I understand why, but I don't think we've. Well, my sister's told me she loves me, and that's when I know she's had too many to drink. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I mean, we just say these mean, awful things to each other, and that's just our ways of saying, hey, I like you. You know, I love you. That's our ways of saying it. It's kind of Absolutely. the same in fire service. Um, and I, I remember I asked my dad about it, and he goes, when you see what we see every day, that's how we deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and that's probably how it is. So I'm going to switch gears here. Now on your podcast, the Between the Pipes podcast, you do things a little differently. You've got, you start your episodes off with, uh, what, what do you call it? The, the, the crease, the crease scramble. The crease yeah. scramble. Well, I end my episodes with uh, some rapid fire questions. So I, yeah. I'm going to get going with them. And I, I keep them the same for every guest because I, I think there's some fun in the continuity to hear you know, these goalies of all different levels, whether they be NHL Hall of Fame Stanley Cup winners like last week's guest Eddie Belfour or high school get, you know, goalies or whatnot. We all have answers to these questions. So. See, see, Joe, you're smarter than me. I, I, I try to 
think of something different as much as I can. And it's, it's starting to become a challenge because there's so but, many different questions you could ask. But right? you know, that's the fun part of it too, because it's very much off the cuff and they're not prepared for it. So it's getting them warmed up to answer the question. So I, because yeah. you do yours at the beginning, I like that. Um, <laughs> so what's the craziest coaching moment you've encountered in your playing days? Um, this was in Latvia. I can't, I, I, I won't, I won't be able to tell you what year it was. Um, long story short, played a, this, this is the first, this is that first season I was telling you about where I was just getting my butt beat and we lost basically almost every game. Uh, this was well after that 62 to zero blowout, but the games afterwards weren't any better. You know, they weren't as high anyways, there's this one player. I can't remember what team we played at the time. Um, was just beating my pads, saying things, um, just kind of being mean, you know, and, and me being a young kid, like I really took offense of it and he just kind of ruined my whole game and really got into my head. And, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't play very well because of him, to be honest. And, uh, at the game, like the whole time I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this guy. I'm gonna, you know, catch him and I'm gonna beat him up. You know, that was like my plan the whole time. I'm gonna get him. Sure thing. You know, third, third. Yeah. As I end, end of the game, third, third period ends. Buzzers go off. He's not too far. I skate out, grab my blocker and just a cheap shot. Cheap shot him with my blocker because kind of he was skating off and like he didn't see me, you know, being a kid, being dumb. So I start fighting him, you know, I start punching mm-hmm. him, this and that. Next thing you know, you know, all these kids um, that were on the ice start brawling and getting involved. And now I'm getting beat up by God knows who. But <laughs> I've been one of my own players beating me up, not knowing it was me, you know, like it just became this huge thing. My coach sees what's going on and kind of sees the situation. And he was just like, go get him, guys. And he clears the whole bench. Like he just like, go for it. Yep. And it was just like this whole like bunch of 11 year olds just beating the crap out of each other. Not the, funny like talking about it. It's so unprofessional now that I like, you know, now that I'm a little older and, think of it back but that's like one that really really sticks in my head because you know most coaches probably would have been like hey what the hell you know i yeah. got in trouble afterwards but but um the fact though kind of how he had my back during the time i don't think no coach would have done that yeah i would have probably yeah. not played also, the- also look back at it too you know he, he's got this old eastern european thought process um that probably led to that as well you know possibly you've been here stateside long enough where um you look at things a little bit differently than maybe he did um where he's like yeah let 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 the boys fight it out yeah and honestly it was it was kind of a good thing in my opinion i'll i'll be honest with you i didn't win in the end i got (laughs) i ended up got my butt handed to me once all those other players came and started beating on me 
like I, I i i'm almost certain i got a concussion that day oh boy by like being down and getting beat by god knows how many people yeah. you know kind of hit and whatnot maybe even kicked who knows yeah. it was it was so messy you know yeah um but i don't know it's kind of like a lesson learned in a way you yeah. know um it's character yeah yeah exactly yeah. so so yeah. what's your favorite all-time goalie mask all-time favorite goalie mask thinking i haven't had many masks <laughs> so well, it, i'm thinking it like it doesn't which... have to be yours most of the time folks answer oh, with, you okay. know, like a pro goalie mask that they just love the design um you know i'll i'll be honest with you i um i was pretty drawn to patrick was helmet you the, know the colorado one the colorado one he had like a hot uh, Cause he had a couple of them that he wore, and yeah. I want to say that was the one he wore with the dark jersey. It was like an avalanche coming down. Yeah, with kind of the mountain, with almost like had a mm-hmm. mouth on it. Yeah, like the thirty-three on the mm-hmm. on the chin. Yeah. Um, I like that one. And there's there's one more that really sticks out. And oh god, I feel so dumb for not remembering the name of the goalie who did the replica Gary Gary Cheevers. Oh, that that was I, um, in Dallas, Steve right? No, the, the first one was Steve Shield in Boston. Uh, okay. And the the um, mask painter Todd Miska, Hunter Miska's uh, dad, painted it. So Hunter Miska's playing for Colorado right now. His dad painted yes. that mask. So one, I feel dumb for not remembering. And I, I believe Shields um, wound up going to Dallas and kept that mask. So that might have been the one, but that one I, would, I thought, I don't know, I've always been fascinated by Gary but Chiefs, cheesy. Yeah. Uh, I even I bought it. I ended up buying his. Have you bought his book? Have you read that book? Not yet. It's on my. It's in my Amazon cart. I, I just, got a signed copy and everything, Joe. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. I ended up buying it strictly uh, straight from his site. Um, I haven't read it all yet, but <laughs> I was like, I, I was always fascinated about it. I'm just even just like the little, little things reading on, you know, like Google and stuff yeah, well, about that him. era of the game was so different. Well, you know, we'll never understand it. Yep. And it was, and it was an interesting, uh, story, um, how that pain job became to be. Yeah. I, I, I've loved that story. And that was just marks of stitches. He probably would have had on his face if he didn't have a mask on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cool. And, simple but yet so creative right yep exactly and to the point that goalies are still getting that on their mask whether they get the steve shield like where it looks like his mask or just a plain white mask with the stitches on there it's it's great um so what's what's your favorite rink that you've skated at favorite that i've skated at i must say the pepsi center or ball arena i should say i'm sorry that that changed recently it'll still be pepsi center to- yeah yeah uh yeah I, I uh that one sticks out the most to me just because i never thought in my life that i'll be able to skate yep. on the pepsi center and and i and i ended up getting an opportunity it was it was a ho- adult hockey tournament and they had some sort of a deal worked out to where um you get at least one game on the pepsi center's ice oh, cool and uh, I got the opportunity to hop on again, invited out of the blue, wasn't planned. Yep. 
great experience. That's the beauty of being a goalie. If we wanted to, we could skate every night of the week. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's probably so the hardest fun. thing is to say no, especially right now during COVID because there's some guys that don't want to skate and teams that need them. And it's like, well, yeah, I want to, but I can't because, you know, I, a, I'm recording podcasts at night or I got something with my kids or it's like, I'm skating tomorrow night. It is a film because this is like, yeah, we're, we're good. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's yeah. yeah, every night I could skate if I wanted to. Uh, yeah. what's, what's your favorite stick that you've ever used? Favorite stick. There was a, it was an all wood Bauer stick that my dad got me in Latvia. And I, I wish I would remember the model of it. Uh, but I don't, unfortunately, um, it was it, all wood. If it Bauer. was when you were in Latvia, it was probably one of the reactor fives. And that is my awesome. all-time favorite stick too. Was the paddle kind of flat on both sides? It wasn't as rounded as most of them are. Yes. Yeah, that would be the reactor yes. five. That that again, that's um, my favorite stick too. It's just it was durable, but it was light and had some flex to it. And yep. that that paddle being flat, I just felt like I had more control of it, and uh, mm -hmm. I, I knew where the pucks were going because it was flat. It wasn't yeah, rounded. It was I, and another great. Well, one thing that I loved about it, like it felt nice in my hands. Mm -hmm. It just felt like it fit right and. And, um, it lasted, it lasted yes. so long. It lasted Mine so long because I had a temper and would break them over my knee, but that that's a different story. <laughs> and then I, another one that it really pops in my head was a coho 580. Okay. Yep. I had some of them in uh, college. That one was, I was, I was pretty happy with that one. Yep. Um, and then somewhere in between. I'm all thinking Latvia for a reason, but, uh, cause that was just like the beginning. Um, uh, there was a Sherwood I had and I hated that one. Yeah. Did uh, you see whatever. the penguins? The whole team was using wood Sherwood sticks yesterday at practice. Yeah. I saw that. I, I Instagram. Yeah. Actually today when I was browsing through, Yeah, I still have, I, I don't even know what was why. the reason behind it. It yeah. has to be some marketing thing, but, uh, I, I wish they would go back to wood sticks. I think at, Almost like baseball, where in the pros they have to use wooden bats for safety mm -hmm. reasons. I almost feel like at the pro level, at least the NHL level, they should have to use wooden sticks. Yeah. Because we would see the concussions and goalies go down, I think. Yeah. One thing I'll say is like, one thing that I like about the wood sticks is um, that's better. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've been talking a while. It's gotten dark here, too. Yeah. With the, <laughs> with the wood sticks. Um, it lets me keep it more on the ice, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I because they're a bit heavier, that. right? So, yeah, I, I grew up using older wooden heavy sticks where if I use a composite, I don't, it's too light. I, I need mm -hmm. that weight to hold me down. And I think that's kind of our era. We, we like that, that weight mm -hmm. in our hands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed them and um, I totally rock another wood stick. Yeah. If I could, no, yeah. most definitely. It's I'm, just something about it. It just, like you said, it kind of keeps you more, you know, yeah. um, cause I catch myself a lot with these newer sticks. Like you, like you just mentioned, yeah, they're, they're just so light. Sometimes whatever you're doing, moving and stuff, you just kind of lose track and you look down and your sticks up or, you know, it's not yeah. flat down on the ice and 
you can make a lot of mistakes that way, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. I, I hear you. So what is your favorite youth hockey memory? So the team that I told you about that beat me yep. really badly, I did have a chance to retaliate about a year or so later. We ended up winning. I think I want to say it was like three to two, maybe four to three, something like that. But we won. Yeah, it was the best day of my life. <laughs> like, I think I even cried a little bit. That one really sticks out. That one I yeah. remember a lot. And that was that was a great memory. Um, yeah, I think I think I'll stick to that one. I think that one. That's really, awesome. Yeah. What's the best chirp you've heard on the ice in the locker room directed at you, not directed at you? Uh, best chirp. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I've never gotten really bad chirps or anything. I've seen some uh, on like opposing teams and stuff. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll be, my five holes bad. So <laughs> I've been called a sieve and all that. And it's like, it what doesn't really has it. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't phase me honestly at this point. It's just like haha, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but one of my favorite things that one of my old teammates did on beer league. Um basically there I, I was I was on my end and they're they're in the zone and whatever, and one of the guys shoots and and the puck some he didn't even score. The puck some somehow ricochets and whatever, knocks knocks the opposing goalie's bottle off um off the net mm-hmm. and he skates over and he grabs he grabs the goalie's bottle like he's gonna like oh sorry about that and he stops and he takes a couple gulps of his water and oh my god that's it started out a freaking brawl on that end but i thought it was like the funniest thing and like <laughs> it just like offended everyone yeah. Like, how dare you drink my goalie's water? It was just so funny. Is <laughs> I don't know. I was just laughing the whole time. Yeah. Uh, that's like one that kind of sticks out. If you can even call it a chirp. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think that is in its own way. So, uh, what's the worst post game beer you've had? So I can't say I have a worst post game beer, but one thing I will say: anything IPA. I can yeah. do IPA. That hoppy aftertaste, um, I just can't. Yeah, you know, I, I've, I'm a bit of a ca- uh, craft beer snob. I like all the different styles. You know, this time of year, I like the darker beers. IPAs aren't my favorite, but I'll, I'll drink them. But after a game, uh, IPA is too much. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Um, you know, it, it's funny. I, I think one of the best post-game beers is the good old Coors Light out of Denver there. Well, Golden yeah. Colorado, it's just, it's crisp, it's clean. It Honestly, it doesn't have much body to it. It's more like water. So it, if it's cold, it's good. Joe, that's what we call the Rocky Mountain piss water over here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, it's funny. We were out in Colorado a number of years ago. We flew in. As soon as we landed, we got in the car, drove up to Mount Evans, which was not a good idea for somebody like me who gets migraines because we had to stop on the way down. We went to Red Rock and then we called it a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, next day, we drove up to Cheyenne, Wyoming for uh, the rodeo. And then the next day, we went to um, a Rockies game against the Cubs. And as a Cubs fan, I was like, this is amazing. But we kept driving past the brewery. And never once did we get in there, even though I was told we would stop. Um, 
but because it wasn't just me and my wife, my sister-in-law and her husband and my in-laws, my mother-in-law and father-in-law were with us. And I forget who it was, had to go to the bathroom. We stopped at some little gas station along that river that flows into Golden. And I walked around back and it's just like the most idyllic looking scene with the mountains coming down and the river. And I snapped this picture and I was like, oh my God, that's beautiful. I showed it to her after we got back. I was like, yeah, that was out behind the gas station. <laughs> and yeah. that was like, right, you know, maybe a mile up the road from the, uh, the brewery that, you know, but yeah, it's- yeah, that's, that's, a, that's one thing about Colorado is like when you, when you've been here for quite some time, like you kind of like forget that, mm-hmm. like you, you drive sometimes down the street and like, it would be a clear day and the mountains are just like shining at you. It, it just feels like they're just right there and it looks gorgeous. And it's like every now and then I'll be like, Oh wow. Yep. You know, and you just like, you do like forget to like appreciate those little things here. I try and uh, remind myself of that sometimes here in Minnesota. It's easier to do in the summertime when we're up at my in-laws lake home and, you know, sitting on the lake at sunset and it just mm-hmm. looks pretty or in the early mornings when I take a kayak or paddle boat ride. But yeah, you know, you're right. Most of the time we, we just go about our day and we forget about how beautiful yeah. our hometowns are. It's just so easy to get that tunnel vision, you know, like yep. you just go about your day. You just like, so in your head about whatever it is that you're yeah. trying to, accomplish or do that day and and then yeah like every now and then you just kind of snap out of it take a deep breath it's like holy crap like look look what's in front of me you know like yeah yep yeah when i go places i i try and like just open my eyes and absorb as much as i can because i I try to remind myself i might not ever get back here so i need to absorb as much of it as i can Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the simplest little things that i pick up when i'm on vacation versus when i'm at home is crazy yeah. Um, yeah. So the next question, when you're taping your sick, do you go heel to toe or toe to heel? So I'll be honest, I started out with toe to heel in my young days and then realized it doesn't quite work out. So it's <laughs> toe to heel now. Okay. Awesome. Uh, what's your favorite number to wear? Uh, when I started out, well, it's funny. And I kind of want to bring it back. It was the team in Latvia, when we first started out, we were so freaking poor in a way. We had no like sponsors, really no funds coming in. Mm-hmm. So we had these like plain yellow jerseys. So every team player had like a plain jersey, no logo in the front, nothing, mm-hmm. just a number in the back. Just what you would see your normal beer leaguers wear these yeah. days, right? That's what we had. And they had numbers and then they had the goalie jersey, which had nothing. So it was always a zero. <laughs> I asked you were zero coach always said, and like, it just like pissed me off. And then later down the road, like started getting a little more, you know, support from the city and whatever. We ended up getting good jerseys. And, and then I started rocking the one because of Arthur Zerbe, of course. Uh, So that's kind of the one that sticks to me. My favorite, I would say I still wears one. Okay. But I'll be honest. I kind of want to bring back the zero. You should. No reason, (laughs) no reason not to. Oh, why not? Right. Because you know, that, that's how many goals you want to allow. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so maybe one day I'll make zero popular again. Yeah. So, next time the team gets new jerseys, right? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. So, what last question? What advice do you have for young goalies? Oh, man. Don't give up <laughs> <laughs> and don't let little things, you know, change your mind of like doing what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you know, like I mentioned earlier. Um, 
just because of a couple people in politics or whatever, I, I kind of swayed my mind of not playing hockey and I, you know, and, and I beat myself up about it every single day now because, you know, I, if I would have pursued it, maybe some, maybe I would have been able to, you know, maybe play college or something, you know, but I just kind of gave up on it and, um, yeah, just don't let silly things get to you. Just, just keep fighting. Great advice. Great advice. So where can listeners find you on social media? Yes. So, um, I've been a little slow on the podcast right now because of, you know, things going on at home, but I promise to be back and, and running again. Uh, but Hey, reach out to me at, at between the pipes podcast. Um, you can reach me out on Instagram, uh, shoot me a DM. I'm, I'm pretty responsive. I get back fairly quickly and, uh, I'm only seven episodes in, uh, you can find me on any, you know, podcast platforms. If you guys want to take a quick listen of me rambling, uh, you're more than welcome to. <laughs> and I have to say, if they're only going to listen to one episode, they need to listen to the episode with Cody Smith. That one was phenomenal. Hearing his story uh, is a goalie. Crazy, right? You know, uh, you know, being a, a goalie of color, nonetheless, and how, how he handled that. that. That one was amazing. That one, yeah, that I, I must say that was one of my favorite pod, uh, interviews, you know. And Cody, Cody, Cody's a local beer leaguer here in Colorado. Yeah. Um, and we 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 just connected through that goalie page that I told you that was yeah. telling you about earlier, you know. Um, because what I did was before you know I started started kind of getting the podcast going was I reached out to that page is like. What if I did this podcast? What do you guys think? And I was prepared because there's, you know, yep. you get a big group of people. You're either going to get something super yeah. negative or. Well, uh, and, and you know how goalies are and hockey goalies, hockey players and firefighters are kind of all the same. If they're like, that's a dumb idea. Why would you do that? You're like, okay, so this is a good idea. I should go that route. <laughs> right. right. Um, negative is good. Right. But, but Cody, uh, Cody reached out to me. Uh, Cody reached out to me when I, in, messaged me privately and and he was like hey that's a cool idea i've had wanted to do something like that i'd love to hop on if you Mm -hmm. and that's how we connected i i uh, i didn't know cody until then and what an awesome interview that was right it it turned out so great and it kind of opened my eyes too to a lot of things that maybe i ignored you know yeah you know it it was I think this last year with racial ten- tensions and everything is uh, taught us a lot in general. Now I, I was raised to treat everybody equally and, and I like to think I have, but um, I know I've had teammates that haven't and to hear somebody like Cody who may have experienced some of the stuff I know teammates of mine probably would have put them through um, you know, it, it broke my heart on one level, but it inspired me on another level that he was just like, screw you. I love this game. I'm going to play whether you want me to or not. And uh, yeah, yeah, it it was a phenomenal, timely uh, interview. And it was just, it it just worked out so great. And he's such an humble guy. Yeah. Um, He would, you know, he's, he's just, again, one of those kids that would give, you know, his shirt off, off his back for someone else, you know, yeah. he just very well, you know, he, he raised and, you know, he 
like I said, through, through the tough times he had to go through, he's learned a lot of things and, and he's willing, you know, wants to help. And yeah, it was it, 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 like, like you, you said it better. It was, it was just a perfect timing with everything going on in the world. And it just, it just worked out so well. And yeah. And yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm glad. I'm telling people if, if you're only going to listen to one of uh, Keats's podcast that's the one to listen to uh in part because after you hear that one you're gonna be like well now i gotta listen to the others <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't know i'm i i'm such a rambler <laughs> so sometimes i'm just like ah people hey, are probably sick of me well, listening. we're on what two and a half hours here so i'm probably gonna break this one into two episodes because of that which is great i, I love <laughs> when the conversation goes and it's funny because i'm gonna go downstairs i'm gonna have some dinner when we're done and my wife's going to be like, well, that, that was a long one because we were talking before uh, this afternoon. It's like, you got a podcast night. They're usually 60, 90 minutes. And she's like, all yeah. right, probably, probably shouldn't be too long. And I'm, so I, I've kind of been chuckling to myself as I see that, you know, the clock just keep going around and around. It's like, yep, yeah, she's going to be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's but, just, it, it's just so cool to sit down, Joe. And like, like, yeah. you know, like, honestly, thank you so much for, you know, reaching out to me and, uh, doing this and hopefully we get to do this again Absolutely. and as we're talking you know we in 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 a weird way we have so much in common you know like with you know the job i'm at right now and yep. the experiences you had with it your feel on new goalie gear you know yes. like, like in in a weird way we're 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 kind of kind of the same people but just you know yeah, and that's what I've loved about this whole podcast is, you know, everybody I've talked to, whether it be you, Eddie Belfort, Kelly Rudy, um, you know, the one fellow that plays at my high school, Ed, um, you know, the whole gamut, there's something we all have in common. Um, and it is something we can talk about. Uh, and almost every single episode, I've said, you know, if you're in Minnesota or next time I'm out in Colorado, I, I hope to get out there. In fact, we're, we're watching if uh, Cheyenne ever puts their rodeo tickets on sale for this year. We're talking about uh. a family trip out there again and actually taking the kids this time. Maybe we make it out to Denver because we always go and, well, I shouldn't say we, my in-laws, they go almost every year to the rodeo. They fly into Denver, spend a few days there and drive up to the rodeo for the day. If, if we make it into Denver, I'm definitely going to uh, reach out to you and say, let, let's grab a, a beer. You know, and, and, and another thing too, uh, the girlfriend's been wanting to go to Wyoming forever and we <laughs> never made a trip. So I, I wouldn't even mind making the trip to Cheyenne if we can make it work. Out, I, I've so. been to the rodeo once and I am a true city slicker. I went to the rodeo. I have my baseball cap on, I have my gym shoes on and you know, with all these cowboys and it was funny because we got there early enough and they had the mechanical bulls and so it's like, all right, there's not enough people around to laugh at me as like I paid my money and went to do the mechanical bull. And this this isn't like going to some honky tonk bar in any downtown area where they're just like a normal setting. The, the guy's there trying to throw you off in under eight seconds. And right. so I get on there. He's like, you know, you got one arm up. And I used to be a sports writer and I used to cover some rodeos here in Minnesota. So I knew the rules. I was like, yeah, yeah I know. And he's whipping me around and, and I stayed on for my eight seconds and I got off and he kind of looks at me and he goes I'm impressed 
you earned my respect. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So it was the one and only time I've ridden a mechanical bull, but it, it was a little more realistic than if I did it at the bar. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, my friend, go. it's been fun chatting. We'll be in yeah. touch. Whew. That was an epically long conversation when you put the two parts together, but a really fun one at that. Keats has an interesting background that was worth digging into. I hope you enjoyed it at least half as much as I did. Be sure to follow Keats on Instagram at Between the Pipes Podcast, all one word. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, simply by searching for Wash Up Goalie. Visit washupgoalie.com for some great hockey-related content, my beer league hockey video highlights when I'm able to find a skate during this pandemic, and of course, all podcast episodes. If you want some sweet tendy talk or wash up goalie apparel, be sure to visit my Threadless shop by clicking the shop link on my website. If you're enjoying tendy talk, be sure to give the BLPA Big Show a listen. The BLPA Big Show is part of the BLPA Podcast Network and is simply a couple of beer leaguers chatting about their beer league exploits and at times hot topics in the world of hockey. The show is hosted by Nick Jones and Trish Dangles and Cara Diabella is pretty much the unofficial co-host these days. I need to thank the band The Zambonis for allowing me to use their music on my podcast. You can download their music on iTunes or wherever you stream music. I'm working on lining up other goalies to talk to. If you're a goalie or have connections to a goalie who I should talk to, shoot me an email at washedupgoalie39 at gmail.com or send me a DM on social media. Let's not forget, if you're a brand who wants to sponsor the show, be sure to reach out to me. I'd be happy to talk and work something out. And finally, if you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on the podcast platform you're listening on. It's a quick action on your part that helps others find Tendy Talk. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice and your body square to the pocket. <laughs>